0: Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast.
1: This is the podcast for the suburban family who wants to quit the rat race and return to the land.
0: So Kelly always is getting funny because I get really into the fact that If you're watching this on the video, you can see I have this little recorder and it's got that pad. So our intro is already there and I I really am into it and I want it to work. I feel
1: like there might be a culture now where there are DJs like it's just not in our Regular circles that we run in where like people talk about DJs and like famous people But I imagine this is like what it felt like to work at MTV and have the little like digital switcher thing and you're like introing into a thing and then you'd push a bright yellow Button and another one is red and another one is green. This is this is my like MTV VJ Imagination That's how I think you feel.
0: No, I don't feel. I'm very, If there's a, well, I did, (laughs) I did watch this video of like, uh, it's on YouTube, this guy Meet Kevin, a tour of his studio. It was really cool. And he, it's, he spent way, a lot more money than what we have spent on this podcast. We're going to spend more money. We're just figuring things out. We actually just now did a tour of our studio so if Speaking
1: you, of money that we've uh, spent. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so uh, look out for that on YouTube.
1: The tour is really fun. I love being in the studio. It's probably my favorite place on the whole property with like the exception of a couple outdoor spots, right?
0: <laughs> the smell of
1: the pigs is not my favorite place on the property. But I will say that's improving since we've gotten them out on the pasture. So I would say the number one thing we get asked in Well, maybe it's number two. Number one thing we get asked about living in the shed to house is what are you going to do when your kids get bigger? We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. And I think it's kind of rapidly approaching. But aside from that question, the number one thing we get asked about moving on to the property, building a shed to studio, building a shed to house, um, kind of totally going against the grain and getting out of the suburbs is how did you do that? I don't know aside from like being the CEO of your own business already, I don't know many people who could totally uproot their lives if they hadn't already made a conscious decision to quit that typical upward mobility, climbing the ladder rat race to choose an alternative or like opt out really, just hit the opt out button in their own lives And quit the rat race in order to make a total lifestyle shift. So that's the topic today is how do we quit the rat race and pursue against the grain living? Deal. Deal.
0: (laughs) And now it's time for what's new on the homestead. Okay, so I am ready to jump on what's new on the homestead. So, can I go first? I'll let you. The I'll permit it. The fact that we have stranger ducks that just walked onto our property out of nowhere, and they we, so we took the ducks, So we have ducks. So
1: we had our ducks, our runner ducks from Ideal Poultry.
0: And they were in... Yeah. And they were... We grew grew them. um, We had 10. I think we raised
1: them. I don't know that we grow
0: them. Gotcha. (laughs) And we had 10 and one snake ate... I mean, a snake ate one of them and I got really mad. And so I did kill that snake because I was mad because I didn't want it to eat the other ducks. And they were in the little rabbit tractor and they were getting bigger and Mm -hmm. they didn't have the space. And so we finally put them in with the layers so they were in the very first day that I let them out in the electric poultry netting they're like quack 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 yeah, quack yeah like, they quack, were quack, just quack, real quack.
1: talkative ladies they had a lot to say about their new digs and we have had Several kind of
0: animals just roam, just like get up on our property. We've had uh, neighbor dogs. We had
1: cows. The
0: cows. We had cows
1: once. We had had uh, neighbor dogs. One that was like a three-legged dog. That was interesting. We've heard some coyotes.
0: uh, Definitely raccoons and possums and things like that. Snakes and um, when I come for a visit, wild hogs.
1: Wildlife.
0: Now we haven't actually seen the wild hogs show up, but we've seen we've seen their tracks. Yes. But the fact that I, and I've I've learned to not really, because I over exaggerate a lot, but I have this learned. This was
1: not an exaggeration. I have learned
0: to n- like really chill out and say, if it's worth it to tell Kelly to get off the couch and come and look at something <laughs> outside in the heat. But this was something that could not be missed. I was out there and I got to see Everything I got to see the whole thing. The I approach, heard. Quack, 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 quack. and we have this driveway <laughs> that mm-hmm. is a gravel driveway, yeah. and it winds. It like, does. It, it winds around you <laughs> where you can't see the the road. And perfectly, walking down our driveway are these two boy Muscovy like mallard type ducks just quack. Quack, quack, waddling, quack, quack, coming quack, up for a visit. quack. quack. So I, evidently, they came, because I remember that yes. our, our, our previous neighbors who moved, yeah. and now there's nobody living on this property or doing anything on this property, she had said, hey, I have these two ducks that I can't catch. And Do you they, want them? Yeah, and I was like... That was Whoa. kind of
1: like their version of a garage sale. It was like, hey, we have this animal and we can't get it. Do you want it? <laughs> and, and so I, I remember... But we said no. Yeah. Because we didn't even have ducks at the time.
0: Well, and I don't feel like trying to catch ducks and just being honest. Sorry if you don't eat meat, but I would be like, I mean, if I catch them, I'm probably just going to eat them. They're just boys. Yes. Um, They're just male ducks. And so I don't have no use for, um, you know, two male ducks. They are pretty. But they, waddling down, and they are, so you can see it on our Instagram This, it is hilarious. I'll I'll, put some clips here in the video.
1: When your kid goes off to kindergarten for the first time or preschool, and they've got that little backpack on and they just kind of run up to the door. It was like two little excited children waddling up for a play date. And they're like, I heard kids. Can I come play? Can we hang out? And we were just like, where? And it was raining. I think it was raining. Or it had just rained. And so it was like, it was a cool weather moment. I'm pretty sure I hadn't even put pants on for the day. And you were like, come outside. Come outside now. Because you were thinking, these ducks have come and they're going to leave. You've got to see this adorable moment. And they were coming up to the fence, like to to the premier one fencing, the...
0: They're all about... And, they, and, and you, they were
1: just like, hi, can we be your friends? Can we be your friends? Well, even to us. Yes. They well, are. But first they went to the, the fence sure. and we were just watching them like, you don't belong here. This is such a strange thing of nature that is happening before our eyes. And all of the kids were out here just laughing. They thought it was so silly that these stranger ducks would come. And all that we can think is that although we've had our runner ducks out on pasture like they, they were on grass they were they were contained in the rabbit tractor until they got too big and they had made noises but i think that with the lay of our land and the proximity to the neighbor's pond i think that moving the ducks into the poultry netting where we have it located was the first time that they could really hear this ducky conversation and they heard it and they just like, who cares about property fences? Like they did not care. They came to see the lady.
0: And so you were very, <laughs> you were very standoffish about letting, I mean, you were all, yeah. all about them staying here, but you were worried that, you know, and, and, I, and we still
1: might need to be it, worried yes. about just, the you know very technical livestock term of biosecurity. Exactly. Because we don't know these ducks. I don't know their parents. I just know that uh, they could be a bad influence. Like I didn't know if they'd carried some pests or anything like that where we would have to, you know, deal with a disease in our flock, especially because we're combining all of our poultry. Like we're combining all of the lavenders, all of the ducks all of our old ladies if they'll go in there are newer layers so i'm concerned about whatever these ragamuffin duck boys might bring into our flock
0: we also forgot originally about the 3 roosters from there too
1: oh yeah those renegade those, boys
0: so so we've had 3 roosters all, like they took all the females unfortunately yes. the our neighbors said they left us all these males the so three roosters that are on that now down to one rooster but these two mm-hmm, ducks and mm-hmm. i we really thought cuz they have a pond next to us like a really nice you know pond where it's stocked i mean there's food for them but no they no. are still here they've been with us probably like 4 or 5 days now and they're
1: so like friendly which is yeah. funny cuz our runner ducks either we did it bad cuz i know you can imprint your ducks. Like you can put your ducks in your apron or, you know, close to your shirt, carry them around with you, teach them to really like connect with you. Ours are the opposite. Ours are like terrified of us. We have struck them with duck terror. And they are not interested in us, not even when we feed them. So hopefully these boys will warm up to us, like warm the girl ducks up to us. But they were so cute. And they just came to us and they were like, hello, how are you? How's it going? I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having us. I love them. But I also felt that way when our ducks came in, like ducks are different than chickens. I love them. I love that.
0: Well, I've always wanted ducks. Like yeah. the whole dream of home setting—it was always ducks. And yeah, I'm. I i they are just not. There are our, our ducks are so skittish, but these ducks, I'm like, okay,
1: I get it. You're
0: really cool. I get I the like ducks. You a lot. I,
1: these are the voices we have now assigned to these gentlemen ducks, and they're cute. But ducks, they need some space, man. Um, however, it has been raining. All week, which is super weird to Central Texas. Like, we do not get July rain. And it has been raining all week, and all of the ducks have been loving that. Well, they spe- are so cute.
0: Speaking of the rain, that leads us to.
1: Let's talk about what's growing in our garden.
0: Hey, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna set you up for the garden talk. I think it's still good. Gardening's still good, but like like it is Gardening just-
1: is bomb. Gardening is going off. It is all very good. There are just challenges in any endeavor. And the garden is not without its challenges. But why, I'm telling Before you, you talk
0: about that, hook me up with some coffee, please. I'm
1: telling you, there are things like I live with the king of one-liners. Ollie? You. That's good. And Thank Bo you. will remember one line from a movie And that like sums up the whole movie So here's what I'll say Jess at Roots and Refuge said The best medicine for the garden is the gardener And I can tell you when I don't go in there for two days And it's overrun with pests It's because the medicine was not there I am the medicine So the garden has had leaf-footed bugs in it and they are the bane of my existence so i thought squash bugs were going to be a real problem we have gotten arm loads of zucchini out of our zucchini plants. So from that first garden tour where those zucchinis, were like, maybe they'll work, maybe they won't. We had no vine bore issues. The squash bugs did not get them until really what would be the turn of their productivity anyways. They were- We've
0: gotten so many zucchinis- It's great. That we've gotten our fill of them and now the pigs are Getting their fill. Because they're getting some giant ones.
1: Well, it's like, there's such a- a mass, like the zucchini plant is quite large and it's easy as they grow and kind of like turn over on themselves that you miss a zucchini or two. So the pigs have gotten ample food from the zucchini plants and we really didn't have problems with them. When the squash bugs lay their eggs, they're like these beautiful little golden bronze looking patterns of, um, Dots on the back of the the leaf, so I was just diligent in taking those off or spraying the bugs off and really monitoring them. But then there were these flying bugs all over my tomatoes that I figured out were leaf cutter, but or not leaf cutter. I figured out they were the leaf footed bugs. So all over the tomatoes. So those are not
0: squash bugs that are on the tomatoes. No,
1: and I thought they were squash bugs. The internet. Oh, So I thought they were squash bugs because I had the loofah growing right by the tomatoes, but it's actually the leaf-footed bugs. And I got soapy water and I would grab them and throw them into the soapy water. But really what's happening is... It's just inundated. So what
0: do what does that bug do so to those tomatoes? Bugs
1: are laying their eggs on my tomatoes, and then the larvae are eating through my tomatoes. That's why
0: they're splitting so yeah, much. Yes.
1: So I thought it was the Crazy. rain, like having so much rain that was splitting my my tomatoes, but it was actually the larvae in the. From the leaf-footed bugs, and once it opened up the tomatoes, then it would get rotten. Mm. So it was like, man, mega bummer. So at least two of those plants, I went ahead and took them out. I collected over two dozen, probably about three dozen different variety of squash bugs from the zucchinis, and then the and then the leaf-footed bugs from the tomatoes, and it was just such a. Bummer. And then we have another section of the garden that has a couple tomato plants growing and they're doing okay. So I think the update on the garden is we have victory over the pests. My Instagram story was full of bug murder the other day and I felt like a conqueror. I felt like the medicine for the garden. I felt like I knew what I was doing and defending all the things that we had grown. So The loofah is growing. We're actually seeing like little baby gourds grow. The cucumber plants are growing cucumbers. I think a lot of people are growing right now and harvesting. I feel a little bit insecure that like we're behind the ball on those things. But also just grow things like just put them in the ground. So I've I've planted some new seeds. We're going to do a garden tour coming up in the next week. And those things are in kind of succession planting. Our green beans are done. We may decide to do more green beans. I'm not sure. But- well, We
0: didn't harvest the last round.
1: We didn't, but that's just because we got busy. Yeah. I mean, they were there and we can seed save a lot of those things. So the garden is growing and I feel like way good over it.
0: Well, the garden plants are growing, mm-hmm. but also the garden structures are growing. Yes. We have- A we, new we got L-shaped our- bed- and we added some more good soil to there. But even more than that, we added some some easy automation. And we yes. find, like, we, we the did. The drip
1: irrigation when is
0: When I in. say we, I'm, I'm being very it. self. I did it. I did that. I uh-huh. figured out and I learned how to do drip irrigation.
1: Know what I did? I noticed that the water was dripping out of the spigot. And I didn't tell you about it and then the banana trees grew from all the dripping runoff and so i feel like i also contributed that has massively nothing to
0: do to with the growth rain- of our garden yeah that has nothing to do with our <laughs> rainwater drip irrigation that has to do with the Negligence. municipal water where we are just bleeding money from there but we're growing the like the fact that we have banana plants, that is crazy. I don't Ooh, even I to know do that. how to, they're here. We're going to try to do the pineapple thing where you twist the top off. We've already twisted the top we're gonna off.
1: We're going to pretend we live in Houston and just grow all this tropical stuff.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: Those trees really are growing though. Like they've grown a foot because the banana leaves are so big that once you have a new leaf, it's like.
0: There's, there's a house in our town that a, has. I think we can do it.
1: There is? That is B-A-N-A-N-A-S.
0: Yeah. So I think we can do it. I think we've planted them outside of the garden where it's just the sand. And we did it in the garden where it had all of the mulch. I think it's going to work. I'm pro mulch.
1: I'm pro mulch. It's going really well.
0: We got to use that tractor, get a lot more mulch in the garden. we have plenty. I asked Kelly every single day. Do you want me to bring some mulch in here with my tractor? I can play with my tractor if you want me to. I got that tractor. If you want me to get on the tractor, I can do some work on the tractor. Oh my goodness! This is not even. This is beyond the garden. This is also about uh, what's new in the homestead. Is we, I, again, you. I don't know what you've been doing. I've been doing all all this stuff by myself. I harvested five gallons. Oh my goodness! Five gallon bags of wild grapes.
1: Like you foraged like a boss.
0: Yes. First it was first it was me and Finn. Me and Finn did the how, first how like How
1: successful was that?
0: It was slow going, but it was still great. <laughs> but she loved it. Like, oh yeah. She was excited. Yeah, these grapes. Yeah,
1: these are a lot of she grapes. She did not want to eat them.
0: No, I don't I don't you don't want to eat them. They're no. for so these grapes are going to be for wine? Probably not wine, but jelly. We're going to make some jelly. Maybe I'll try to figure out how to do wine. Probably so they not. they have like real
1: tough skins yeah. and then seeds on the inside. And they're all sour. So we'll just add sugar and pectin mm-hmm. and it'll become a really cool thing to put on sourdough. Today's episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. We are a family of six hungry eaters. And when I peeled back the layers on meats we bought at the grocery store, I knew we needed a better option than just packaging with pastures and happy cows painted on the front. ButcherBox offers high-quality meats from ethically-sourced seafood, pasture-raised pork, and beef. They even level up and offer breakfast sausage, seasoned cuts, and Brotherton kid-approved bacon with no sugar added. Customize your ButcherBox, get better meats delivered to your door, and make nutrient-dense meals your family will thank you for. Check out the link in the description for the current ButcherBox promotion.
0: We are talking about how to get out of the rat race. Yeah. So I wrote about this, and if you're if you haven't followed some of these the car talking things, uh, you know that Your I'm little doing
1: podcast chat.
0: Yes, as I go to the chiropractor, I'm going through our book, "Get Off Your Tail in Homestead: How to Get Out of the Rat Race and Claim Your Freedom." This is a thing that is very passionate of you and I. And that's why I wanted to write the book, because we were not able to get out of suburbia. We owned the property. We had a lot of things that we had to work through in our marriage. But also, there were some things that we had to work through in our life and our finances and all that. But it had already been something that God was calling us to build residual online. We didn't fully understand what online income was back then, but to be able to work for ourselves, work from anywhere and put in effort now mm-hmm. that we we work overtime now so that we don't have to work as hard and we have more time freedom and have more everything of our of our time and and i what i'm so impressed about is how you have just flourished in the realm of passive income, residual income, that's your thing.
1: I think that's very flattering because I would say I thrive. Like I love this. And yet I think there's a real temptation, especially if you're building residual income online, because there's a lot of residual incomes. It doesn't just mean an MLM business.
0: Okay, so we're going to give a little bit of our specifics, you know, of yeah. how we create uh, residual online income. And this is not going to be for everybody. So we're going to go a little bit details of, about how we make money. But then if it's not something you're interested in, just p- please stick with us because we're going to go over we'll general land things. This plane. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So our residual income is certainly doTERRA and essential oils. YouTube is a huge chunk of our online income. And then you've set in motion, even before we were doing things online, some very small little things. And what I think is the bow that ties them all together that most people are not talking about in online spaces is the residual part of income. And we don't just have to create residual income in an online space there's there are several ways that we'll touch on briefly that we don't have a lot of experience in but you might have a unique skill set in this area and this is so important to consider residual income when you want to break out of the rat race and no longer work a 9 to 5 don't quit your job today but start putting these things in motion or at least in motion in your mind because in order to have a security you've got a lot of Pans in the fire. And when we talk about work and life, we're not looking for balance. Like, I feel like that needs to be very upfront. Bo and I have no work life balance. What we do is juggle or pay attention to one thing while something else is simmering, and we just don't want it to burn. So, we work with a lot of different um, income streams. And we just don't let any of them fall off completely. We give attention to one in the season in which it needs it because the idea of balance is just a total lie. If you have heard someone tell you to have a work-life balance, they might not know it, but they are telling you and feeding you a lot of garbage. And really what you want to do is spend time nurturing one area so that it can work on its own and you can come back and troubleshoot as it needs, but you can move on to another one and cultivate a new residual income stream so that we have multiple things going because 2020 showed us that even the most secure jobs are not secure they are not secure if you are putting your income in somebody else's basket
0: tell us a little bit about doterra first and then i'll go over like the full thing the overview
1: our primary streams of income that are residual and i'll say primary cuz we have a couple little extra things. And I think that's important to remember. So our primary is doTERRA. So we sell essential oils. We teach essential oil classes and help people build their own businesses. So basically learn how to use oils. And then if you like that idea and you want to do what we do, you create your own residual income and we teach you how to do that. So we build a team and a community of naturally minded people. And then the second is YouTube. But both of these began putting a lot of effort in at the beginning with a small paycheck, knowing that over time, that effort really does exponentially multiply. So we're not just doing simple multiplication. We are multiplying exponentially over time. And I think in a few minutes, let's get to why people don't do this because the math really does work out. It does not make sense if you are living in a job that you don't enjoy. And now, if you do enjoy your job, it doesn't mean you shouldn't create residual income. It just means like you're you're not in it to get out of your primary job. However, I think, especially with 2020, all of the world, secure job or not, should be looking into multiple streams of income. And I think that that's where my passions lie, is why are we putting all of our eggs in somebody else's basket? If you are an employee at a job, even if you manage over other people, you are putting your eggs into this one career path where someone else is always going to be making more money than you. And if your primary motivation is not finances, that's okay. Right? Like my primary motivation in waking up every day, even with my doTERRA business, is not so that I can be making the most money in all of doTERRA. It is, I love this avenue of income. I love the product that I sell. I believe in it strongly. I've seen results. So I think, you know, if you're going to go the MLM route, that has to be really important.
0: You've seen people health results and also people's financial results as well. Yeah, and
1: I don't feel like I'm selling something that people don't need. And so when you're getting into an industry like this, it's very important to know what company you're getting with because we've seen we could do a whole nother episode on like the flops of MLM, even since we've been in the industry. And there are some things that are just like telltale markers of what not to join, right?
0: Well, I mean, so there's things like... You know, selling pots and pans, which, yeah, like you a know,
1: non-consumable good, where people—I mean—that doesn't line up with our values. We don't really say like, "Hey, let's store up all this stuff."
0: We went through—you know—people selling bags, uh, clothes. Uh, yeah,
1: um,
0: these are these are friends and, and, and an acquaintances of ours yes. while we were running essential oils. Yeah,
1: and companies that have come oh, the, and gone your in pants the last. Stuff? Yeah, what is <laughs> yeah, that? Lula, the Lularoe, Lula. um, just companies that have come since we began eight years ago and gone since then. And you can start to see the markers in companies that just don't line up ethically for the long term. And so there are a lot of things about doTERRA where we saw, okay, teaching classes, yeah, we can make you know some money whenever we enroll someone and help them get their oils. But then Bo saw the long term, and this really depends on the company, um, he saw the long term of what residual income could look like this, where we build a team now and, and the long-term for us meant that within two years, not only were we making enough money to cover most of our bills, but we took time off to have a baby and we actually got a pay raise, not just like a bonus. We got a pay raise. We leveled up in our company and that's been the baseline for our residual income moving forward where we have babies and we make more money with this. When I was working... In a, a no, normal mind to five, that job not only was just like, hey, we're not going to pay you when you have a baby, but like, hey, all that work is still going to be here when you come back three months later. So you, you
0: had to do extra work before, before you leave. And then
1: then help somebody do the work while you're gone and then still have the work when you come back. It was just not a system where we thrived. It was a system where I didn't have creative space. I couldn't build what I wanted to build in my life in this nine to five. And that's not for everyone. And network marketing is not for everyone, but it's for a lot more people once it starts to get demystified and you find the right company.
0: So this is what I like to share because we do have YouTube and we have a audience that mm-hmm. asks us, Hey, how do you make money? You know, do y'all have full-time jobs? Right. Like you're making videos and you're sharing this stuff. Yeah. It like looks what's like, the
1: secret sauce happening here that we don't see? Yeah.
0: It looks like that you don't have a job mm-hmm. like or, or yeah. something, whatever that is. So what I always like to share is like, is, is there are so many ways that you can create income online, you know, that mm-hmm. for us, you know, I have, you know this video producer background to where if I wanted to I could work online and I could do things. Right. You know I could I could do fiber for other people. Yeah, exactly stuff like that because of the internet. There's so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, there is a residual aspect of that, and I do feel like. More and more people are being this influencer, having an uh, an online presence, uh, uh, personal brand. Yeah, you know, for us, personal brand is just you and I together, better together, life because we really don't fit. Not, I don't know. It's just, it's just that's better together, life, better, better together, wife. The thing that I like to share with Doterra is that it is the one thing that we can actually help. Our audience,
1: right? It's for, do what we do
0: for YouTube and for you know um, all these other things. It's like, hey, yeah, you can do this
1: mm-hmm. if I, you have a skill I, set. Yeah,
0: go ahead. You know, right. like it is. Doterra is a thing that we have found because we can actually give you our time and show you what we do. But that's that's just the thing is that it is so community driven. Yeah, that you will be up at two o'clock in the morning helping someone with their baby.
1: If I want to be, I think, I think that's the thing too, is the longer we've been with a company, the more that the world around us has completely changed. When we started, all of our classes were in person in our living room. And then we grew to other people's living rooms. And sometimes we did this in a storefront and we were able to do this face to face and in 12 hours a week. Which was crazy that we would build in a way where within two years you could come home from your job. And maybe we did it earlier than most people would have. It was what we needed as a family. And now we build online because we aren't in that same kind of community where we have people right next door where we're just getting together every week. So there is a lot of flexibility here. And in that time, We went from Facebook being completely social and friendly to Facebook being a business-centered space where everybody had a group for every party that they did. And now that's kind of fading away. And then Instagram is taking off and blogs are here and people have YouTube. But the truth is, like... You create this in a way that works for you. So if you're a veterinarian and you share how you use oils with animals, that's your niche. And if you are a, you know, a a mom of young children and you share how oils and babies work, that's your niche. So what we've done is not created a prescriptive way to build your business, but a more audience-centered way, a more service-minded way of building a business. And I think that's unique to Oils, but especially to doTERRA because the ethics of our company has just allowed us to stand firm in a way where... where the world is kind of going off its rocker and doTERRA has just been really transparent with every struggle, with every, w- with every good thing, with every success that's happened. So it's easy for me to sell a product where the company is ethical. It's not been hard for us to do that. And it's been easy for us to then convey that to people who want to do the same things without making promises that we can't deliver on.
0: Okay. So that was uh, some specifics some meat. Uh, <laughs> yes, about how we did it. Now, right that's because everybody wants to know how do you make money right there's a, there's a much bigger aspect of getting out of the rat race that's not that i'm gonna go this is gonna be kind of fire hose mm-hmm. a little bit because i it, it's you can't really go you into get, the details you get
1: fired up about this and I so do. i might even be like hey let's bring that down baby well,
0: well how about i fire hose and if you're like hey build that out yeah, a little bit you know great. then then that's fine so it all starts on, you know, dreams mm-hmm. and you the the you you start with this dream and it's it's like this pie in the sky yes. dream of something and so that's where most oh, like a people like what if? Yeah, a what if that's perfect. A lot of people stay there you have to find a way to be able to take that dream and to break it down into a vision, mm-hmm. something that you can actually see and touch and like have like a, a it's possible. Exactly. Then, but it, but it's still very big. Mm-hmm. Dream is, you know, fuzzy pie in the sky. It's what people say mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, we someday we would love to do well, that. It's
1: So far away that all of the realities become these barriers instead mm-hmm. of either hurdles or, you know, lessons to learn that then build you a foundation.
0: So, yeah. So dream, you have to break the dreams down into a vision. Then you have to figure out a way. And it's like a vision statement, vision board, something like that. You can actually see it. Then you have to take that and you break that down into goals. Goals are something it's, you got to look up the SMART goals. I always forget what they all are. But if you just Google SMART goals, it'll all make sense. It's It's an acronym. Yeah, it's, you know things that are- uh, You're good. Yeah, it's gotta They'll be measurable. Because we'll just, get it wrong. I know, I know. But it, it's gotta be something that is a real goal. That's a tangible, tangible time, of, like it yeah. has a timing on it, all of that. Then you break that goal and that could be like a five-year goal or something like that. And then you break those goal into daily action steps mm-hmm. that can get these smaller goals. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you end up living on seven and a half acres and not having to work Offer your property and you have all the animals that you yeah. want your homeschool your kids like you have uh, uh you have a little tiny house you have a studio like that's how all of this happened now what i want to be able to do you want to i would in? say
1: not to say that our life is something to aspire to there is a serious mindset shift not only in quitting the nine to five but even before that it was just like What do we want our life to look like? And what is God calling us to? Because you can mimic and try from the outside of like seeing someone else's life. You can try and construct what you think it takes to do what they do. And the truth is your story is not someone else's. So it's really important to look at what your mindset is and ask what problems can you solve in your life we had very unique problems compared to someone else when it came to what we wanted out of life and we couldn't we couldn't manufacture solutions to the problems that just kind of like covered over them we really had to dig into some of our lifestyle choices, our mindset around money, our our problem solving in order to say like, could we live off of 40,000 a year as a family of six? Those are things that people aren't asking the question cool. about in order to get out of their nine to five. Because if they're living high on the hog, making 60K a year and they're spending 80, yeah. it really doesn't matter what your income is if you're spending more than you make.
0: I, I'm going to assume that people See, listening- See, get a little hot about sure, this. But I'm going to assume that people listening to this are wanting what we're what we can do.
1: Absolutely. But it doesn't solve the problem of what you retain out of your well that's that's
0: what I'm saying. I started my first multi-level marketing MLM (laughs) whenever I was 17 years old. I I legally could not join the company (laughs) until I was 18. So I signed up under my mom. uh, her like I used her social and Tammy Uh, and it, and it was, it, was, it was being able to get 10 long distance customers and you right. got a free Dell computer. That was an exciting thing mm-hmm. that I was able to do. And then I did, I don't know, three or four different companies, but I never was able to fully get success until we found mm-hmm. doTERRA. And I would say you, but really it was doTERRA because we were excited about it. But mm-hmm. it was this this dream of mine to always have more time freedom. Right. To always retire early. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I've we've lived longer, I've like the, the whole thought of retiring early doesn't make sense. Right. I just want to own my time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to go, I don't even want client work in video production. I don't want to have to make money off of my property. right. I work probably 80 hours a week on everything mm-hmm. that we do. And I love all of it now. Right. That's the the thing that you have to be able to know is know the dream that you want. So it all goes down to, then it gets into finances. It starts this, this, you know, thing that we, this, that we are now.
1: This thing so, we got going
0: on. It started back in 2007 when we got engaged and I wanted to talk to you about finances because <laughs> I had debt and you had not debt and I wanted to get get together and to start working on our finances when we were engaged and we learned Dave Ramsey said, no, you don't do that. You're not married yet. You're not going to, you you don't combine your finances yet. So you need to be able to get real with your finances, go to Dave Ramsey. He has baby steps. It's, I don't believe in everything that he says long-term, but there's nobody better about setting a budget and getting out of
1: debt. Yeah. Especially when you're in debt. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get into debt, and he says this: you don't get into debt because it made sense. You got into debt because your your loves, your priorities were not in the right order. Financial stewardship, like so, just not wanting to screw these things up. So
0: it's it's about the dream, knowing to that you want to have financial freedom. Right, I highly ag- believe that in the, your. Adventure journey of being able to quit the rat race. You have to figure out how to start a business. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not saying that you do residual income as your first business. One of the f- best things to do is to be able to just to create any kind of business. Uh, I don't care if you're sharpening knives. I don't care if you're you know uh, doing Uber or something mm-hmm. like that. You need to have a, a way income. that you can get a tax break. You mm-hmm. learn some yeah. skills and you lower your tax burden by becoming self-employed. Once you become self-employed, I mean, there was, you know, Jack Spearco of the Survival Podcast once said that he uh, started a wine review review blog right. just so that he could write off his wine. So there's, there's a lot of great things that you can lower your tax burden mm-hmm. by starting a business. You can do YouTube, you can do uh, doTERRA, And you can join our team and immediately we can teach you how to uh, save on your taxes. We're not accountants or anything like that, but but that is something that you need to be able to do. Then you got to get out of debt. Mm -hmm. That is a big thing. You know, having a, being self-employed, getting out of debt. Then I do believe that you need to buy a house. So you need to save money. You need to make more than you spend. So live off of less than you make. Is a better way to say Mm -hmm. it. And getting a mortgage, like actually buying a home, we're against a mortgage because it is slavery, but there is a great thing about a forced savings account with a mortgage. And it is a good investment. I know that now it's a hard thing. It's hard for me to really sell buying a home because real estate is so expensive right now. So anything pre-2020 COVID prices in 2021, I would be able to say like absolutely anytime you do that. Now prices are so like mm-hmm. I- insane, but those are the starting processes well, of being able you to say do it for
1: somebody who does have a home already. Well, if they you already know, have, maybe a home. they're already in their home. Killer. Yeah,
0: you're already you're already there. Then I would say now's the time that you start looking at a way that you can earn money from anywhere. Right, and even better, you can earn money from anywhere. And it's residual to where you yeah. work. I mean, the, the best way is like what you've said is to get away from trading your hours for dollars. Right. It's the way that you work now really, really hard that pays you later.
1: And I think that's important to differentiate. So you could have a very high paying, high scholarly job. You might be a doctor. Or working in the medical field. You may be a lawyer. You may have a very high-paying, high-pressure CEO job, but regardless, you are exchanging dollars for hours. You just might be making a whole lot of dollars in that hour, but if you lose the job or if you have to take a break emotionally, mentally, or physically, even a doctor is not getting paid when they're not in their office.
0: If you die and you don't, I mean, you, most people that uh, that if you are you
1: die,
0: <laughs> most people in that ha, are, are prepared for their family, but sure, but meaning like we have life insurance, right. so if something happens to myself or you, like we a dark fast, baby. I know, but what I'm saying is, not only do we have that, we also have these residual incomes sure. that are not going to die, like like that. There is right. there is still money coming in even though like there's
1: just... There's the mindset. The mindset has to break free from job security. I worked at a pretty secure job. Like I worked at a church, did my job really, really well, uh, was appreciated for my job, like all of these things. And then there was just like any other job, a change in leadership and my job no longer even existed now, there's a whole nother story behind that. So before you're like, who the hell gets fired from a church? Um, me, I got fired from a church, but not because I did anything wrong. And and that was, that was a wake up for us. We had just become debt free. We had just paid off $30,000 of debt within two years of eating bean and cheese tacos in our toaster oven. And like you... You going down to the apartment, uh, like lobby and getting coffee when we would run out of coffee in a month. Like, there's always a story totally forgot about behind that. somebody that you follow on the internet. There's a story of like, not to measure someone's success, but like, there's a story about how they got to the thing you're most interested in about them. And these are some of the stories that we have. Those would be really fun to sit in a room of people who we enjoy and ask them, like, what were you doing before you're doing this thing now? Like, what was the greatest, funniest memory of like hardship? But in that, we had what we would consider and everyone around us would consider job security. Even after I was fired from that job, you took a nine to five and you loved it until you didn't. It just was not the long-term for you. And some of you listening are like that. You're like, you're not lazy. You just know that the nine to five is not your jam. It's not where you thrive. And you know you, your capability to create. And that's where I'm like, why are we creating without creating residual income? The idea of running down to the, the pond and getting water by a bucket or turning on your spigot and having water run into your faucet. These are just two different types of income. So that's why I harp so much on are you focused on residual income?
0: Well, and so-, so
1: let's talk about some that are different that we don't have a ton of experience, but maybe even just brain, you know, maybe even just saying right now the things that we know. So, like, insurance is a residual income.
0: Well, I will say this. Real estate. You got, we got our free book, ebook, mm-hmm, 50 yes. Homestead Moneymakers. And then we have Get Off Your Tail and Homestead. And there's a hundred
1: right. ideas
0: in there. So if you really want that, you can check it out. dot uh, com, And you can get either the free one or you can pay uh, the, the full price for right. the ebook and be able to get all those ideas. And it's a full mm-hmm. system.
1: Not but, all of those are residual.
0: No, 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 they're not all. Resi- a lot of them are, I think mm-hmm. 50 of them are, I don't know, but there, there, there's a lot of ideas. It's, it's, right. it's based off of working from home, residual income. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So things like, uh, if you do insurance, that's definitely residual. Um, if you create a course. And you can can sell that, you know, a digital course, you can make a movie, you can have, you know, like Justin and Rebecca Rose are building out Abundance Plus. Uh, We'll put our link down below. You can actually check out Abundance Plus. We're now a part of them. Uh, It's amazing. And it's
1: fantastic. And and
0: we're an affiliate now because we believe in them and it is, they are building a network. And that is something that by building that network, like like a an HG HGTV Magnolia, like Chip and it's Joanna, it's like the
1: homesteading network of all your favorite YouTube people who are doing what you enjoy as as entertainment, but also as inspiration. Like we are going to be consumers of abundance plus, and not just contributors. But that is an idea of like taking your vision and breaking it down into action steps where it's actually attainable. It's something that you can walk out. I just don't see, I don't see you, anyone having the affordability to do all that they want to do without some sort of residual income stream.
0: So yeah, so uh, abundance plus is residual income for us because we're promoting it and it's definitely residual income for Justin. Yeah, because they're creating. I mean, they're, and they also have other affiliates. So you can create a product and you can source out affiliates to where Mm -hmm. they're doing a lot of the marketing for you and you're just, you know, doing the the work for shipping it. You can even outsource, I mean, outsourcing is a skill of residual income that we haven't fully grasped. But you can do Amazon affiliates. Right. That's residual income to where if you just, you know, for us is you know, betteramz.com. Like all these things that we have done over the years that if you want to do your shopping online, mm-hmm. you can help support us by going to betteramz.com or any of the products that we all of a recommend. sudden
1: we just became a, a sponsorship show. Cool. And that's what I what we share this for is to give you a, a real life action. Like a real life picture of how do these things actually apply to the average person? Because so many of us are creating, so many of us are sharing. That might even be a, a, a further topic that I'd love to explore later is our, you know, what differentiates you from someone else in the exact same market? What differentiates you as a content creator on Instagram, YouTube, or whatever, whatever company you're working with? the reason why you do it can't just be, I'd like to share my story. Well, to what end? To what purpose? And I am definitely the mean coach when it gets into these things because I live with a pie-in-the-sky dreamer. I love that. I And we are where we are because Bo has these great visions and and that it has the skill set to break these things down into action steps. But not every suggestion that he throws out on the table is something that we pick up and put into action. And there are times where you might have a pie in the sky vision that could actually happen. But if it doesn't line up with the purpose or the reason why you're doing your life in a certain way, like for us to homestead or live simply, then it's probably not going to be the best or most successful endeavor that you ever take on. And, and I think that that's a whole nother thing I'd love to talk about later, but... For creating income streams, how many would you say that we have?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, we're going over, like, there's also sponsorships. So we have Shed to House, mm-hmm. the Facebook group, to where we have, you know, sponsorships for people, you know, uh, uh,
1: Companies who are who are building shed to houses. Exactly.
0: Yeah. We have United Portable Buildings. Mm -hmm. That's the manufacturer. Then we have Farming Yard here in Texas. Then we have Rebel Outdoor Products out in Mississippi. They both represent United Portable Buildings. These are companies that we believe in that we trust. And and we're sitting in the studio right now. And we love it. Yeah. Right. So so and so they we allow them to market in our Facebook group. So sponsorships. Now there's also, we've also had sponsorships that are not residual. And I honestly, we've, we've we've learned some things that we prefer the ones that it's, it's not like a flat fee, you Mm -hmm. know, things like that. So real estate, yeah, that's something, of course, you know, having rental property, that's huge. And we've dreamt, we've Mm -hmm. dreamt of having a rental property always. And it just hasn't come to hasn't the point. hasn't been the right timing. You know, if you have property, then you can have like a, a shed to house or, a, you know, an Airstream or, right. you know. Airbnb. an Airbnb. Yeah. I don't know if Airbnb is necessarily residual because you're having to do a lot of work. Turnover. To be, now, now, if you have a long-term, you know, stay, maybe that is considered. But I think but it, I think it just, definitely
1: is an income property. So, yeah. So I would do it. I don't know that I would do it in my property, <laughs> property for some people, they love that. And it works out great for them.
0: We're just so public that it's a little weird for us right we now. We
1: would consider for sure. I would definitely consider strongly um, an, an income property that's Airbnb type or you know a long-term rental, depending on where it is. Because I think that's exciting. I remember buying our property and I was like, I love this. I want to buy all the properties and all the lands. And my take on that is like, I just want to buy raw land mm-hmm. and then sell it for more than I bought it for. That takes a lot of capital, but that is an investment property in a different way. i have than the just the tractor residual. now. <laughs> we
0: can, we can really, we can do some, you some can property go, management. you can go
1: do some, some brush hogging. Yeah. Be back in five hours, babe.
0: But you know, those are the, the things you can, I sort of it's not necessarily residual, but you can think, well, how about this? How this about is this? a this is not residual, but it is some sort of income that I think we could count on. Is you could have uh have equipment that you rent out. Sure. So the fact that we bought our uh our poultry plucker. Right. Our chicken plucker is, you know, for any friends that we have that would want to not have to pay, you know, the 500 bucks for to buy one exactly. for themselves. Sure. Then they could rent it from us yeah. for, you know, 50 bucks yeah, a day or something like that. Yeah, you might have some
1: like assets that. that you can monetize. Yeah,
0: uh if you farming wise, if you have a CSA, that's mm-hmm. a little bit of it's not necessarily residual, but it is a um it's a it helps you do your cash flow. It's a cash flowed mm-hmm. um, you know, way that you get a certain amount that you can count on amount of income right. each and every month.
1: And it depends. Again, like recenter back on that goal, back on that why. And if your goal is be on your property to create income without having to leave your property and commute, for some people, the right people, that will be a great success. And And here's the thing that might even be take calculated risks is probably not even advice, but just like observation that I would say. You know, I've talked to Jess who was saying she knew farmers who were selling everything at the farmer's market and then having to go to the grocery store to buy their eggs. And and I think that we can often have uncalculated risks and just stay at that pie in the sky dream and start taking action steps without um, caution. And yet, there's still a there's still a line where you decide to to jump in. And for us, I don't ever see us running a CSA. It's not our skill set. No. It's not something we would love. However. We know people who've run CSAs and then stopped the CSA because they learned all they were supposed to learn from it. And then they moved on to something new. So
0: Justin and Rebecca had a CSA.
1: And for us, I think something that's really important that we maybe haven't shared is there are things that we've jumped into that haven't been as successful as we thought they were going to be. And what we did was learn from it and then pivot. And I like residual income for sure, because I don't want to be tied to one thing. I wanna be able to act and adjust and focus in an area that gives me life for the season it's supposed to be and and not be stuck or pigeonholed in that because I've given everything to it that I can't get out of it. I like exit strategies.
0: I do too. Uh, you mentioned Jess, you can write a book.
1: Right. That's, a,
0: that's a, I mean, of course. Absolutely residual uh, income. I, you know, we wrote Get Off Your Tail mm-hmm. in Homestead and that's an ebook, which I want to do a version two mm-hmm. of that. Just gotta, you just gotta find that time to be able to do it. Um, But I gotta get off my tail and actually rewrite (laughs) it because we wrote it back in suburbia before we- We had any
1: experience. We
0: we had the property, but Mm -hmm. we were still in limbo of trying to Mm -hmm. get to the property. So writing a book, you mentioned a digital, not digital artist, a graphic designer. Yeah. Where you were saying something about that. You can create Mm -hmm. sellable digital artists art mm-hmm. and sell it or whatever in graphics and sell it on Etsy. Mm-hmm. That is totally residual there. Now, so thinking back, mm-hmm. the, some of the first residual things that we did was I was in ministry. Exactly. And I, back whenever I was a producer uh, for, for videos, I was able to make, so I had the church hire me to make these videos.
1: The church that fired me. Well,
0: Yes. <laughs> Um, and I and I worked out a deal with the church right. to say, hey, if there are particular videos that would make sense as a standalone video, mm-hmm. can I make it and then re-edit it a little bit to tweak it to like take the call take the call to action stuff mm-hmm. out of it, but something that is a standalone story, and then can I own that that video and then upload it to some of these sites? that other churches right. go, they search a, a scripture, they search like some kind of topic, and it, it ends mm-hmm. up filling out all these videos, and then they would mm-hmm. buy and download the video and then play it in their church. And so it's like sermonspice.com. There was a lot of them. I'm sure there's well, more it's now. it's like
1: an iStock photo or yeah. any kind of um, stock footage, whether it's video or still photo, well, this that was, you can repurpose for your own branding. This was back in 2008.
0: Yeah. And we have consistently made anywhere between like <laughs> six to maybe like 20 or 30, sometimes even $30 a month yeah. since 2008 right? because of all of these videos. Now I have not added anything since like probably 2009 or maybe 2010.
1: Yeah, it was, it was like right I only around. I had like four of
0: them on, on there. There are just an endless amount of ideas. And I would just say what you gotta do to mm-hmm. be able to come up with these ideas. Because I really believe this. I know, I know that ideas is a, sh- I, it sounds really conceited. Ideas are a strength of mine. We, we, yeah. we, you know, personality tests, like ideation is, is something that I'm really good at.
1: You have proof in all of your notebooks full of lists of ideas. Because
0: this is what you got to do. Yeah. You cannot say out loud or even in your head, I will never do something right. or I cannot do something. Get, pen and paper, and at the top of the piece of paper, write, how can I homestead? How can I quit the rat race? How can I make an extra $1,000 a month? Heck, 100, start with a $100 a month. Mm -hmm. How can I do this? I promise you. You write it down on the paper, and then if you rip that paper out and you put it on your mirror where you're yeah. going to brush your teeth every single day, I guarantee you, when you're doing the dishes, when you're showering, when you're just you know uh, rocking your baby to sleep, I don't care like anything that you're doing, mm-hmm. your subconscious, what you're doing is you're asking this supercomputer in your brain, in between your ears, you're you're giving it an, an equation that to solve. And if you say a statement of, I can't do something, it's, 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 you, that you already answered Your
1: brain actually creates like a rut, like rut, a wheelbarrow would create a path. Everything that you think on, Your this is the plasticity of the brain. Your brain is creating a rut. And if it's a negative rut, it's not impossible, but you have to create new pathways. And so if you've been in this conversation listening to us or watching any of these Homestead channels thinking, I could never do that. You don't have to keep thinking that. You just have to consciously decide and build a new rut in your brain to how do I do that? So I want to ask you, babe, when did you... What What is the earliest memory of creating a list or solving a problem in this way that you can think of?
0: I would like to say that I have always done it because I always was inventing things. Like I invented punching bags, you know, and now that I would hang.
1: <laughs> Back in New Zealand in, 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 where we invented in rip. rip.
0: <laughs> uh, that's flight of the concords. If you're not aware <laughs> of that, totally random, uh, but. I, definitely the one that I know that I know that I did was I made a goal list whenever I was a sophomore in college, and I wrote everything down to where I wanted it. What a, was the
1: most important thing, babe, that you put on that list? I
0: wanted a hot and sexy wife. Look
1: at you winning the day.
0: I did win. I win big <laughs> time. Our battery is dying.
1: That's okay. On
0: our camera. So our babysitter
1: we, is expiring. Yes,
0: but back in college, I started that. Yeah. I, so just start with a list. You Did have someone to,
1: tell you to do that or did you just say like, oh, I'm gonna do this?
0: I mean, self-help stuff. They always, like, mm-hmm. it starts, you have to do it. You have to, there, there's something powerful. Just get pen and paper, write your goals down, mm-hmm. and then put it up to where you're gonna see mm-hmm. it every single day on the fridge or on your, I like the mirror where you brush your right. teeth. If you wanna go a step further, Tell five people.
1: I was going to say that. I think that the last part about this is we keep these things to ourselves when we have a dream or whatever, especially if we don't see anyone in our immediate circle. Like if our families would think this was crazy and we'd be embarrassed, or most importantly, we would be embarrassed if we said it and then we failed. The failure of that. Or the success, it's ironic how the percentages of people who are afraid how successful they would be at something um, would and how it would change their life and what it would mean for that change to happen keeps us from sharing dreams and visions. When we have ideas, we're afraid to tell people about them, especially if we've never had success at something we've tried coming through. If we've experienced failure in the past and other people witness that failure, we're terrified to try something that would cause us to fail again. I really do think it's what we do with that failure that informs the future. And I don't mean to be all like, you know, I don't believe anything about the law of attraction. I think God is sovereign. There's nothing that we've done in our life that we can get credit for because God's gone ahead of us in all of it. But we have put our trust in the skills and and the things that He's given us for him to do the work through us. So I think that's a good caveat. But the truth is that I see, especially in coaching people, I will walk someone into a, like a coaching program to build their business. And half, if I have a room full of a hundred people, half of them will quit when it comes to writing the goal down. Half of them. That's not a fake statistic. Half of the people who have a dream or an idea will quit when it comes to writing the goal down because they don't want to fail at it and they don't want to fail publicly. So I just just feel like that's something so important to keep in mind that make the list, write it down, firm it up by telling people. And the worst thing that happens is you fail at it and you learn to do it better the next time. Even the big names like Dave Ramsey was bankrupt No one's trying to emulate his bankruptness. People are looking at how to get out of those financial dire straits that he could never have taught on if he hadn't been there. I think that's so important to remember that when you have an idea that's bigger than what you're doing every day, you've got to start with writing it down, with telling people about it, and just doing it scared.
0: Lastly, I'm going to say, pitch you and us, like if it's something that you don't know where to start
1: mm-hmm. and you're
0: interested in essential oils, building an mm-hmm. online income, this is the one way that we yeah. can be able to help you. So you can email us at better together life at gmail.com. You can go straight to Kelly on Instagram. Uh, she is at better together wife. We would love to help mm-hmm. you build this homestead dream and uh, yeah. create an income stream.
1: So you can find us at better together life on Instagram, or I'm Kelly at better together wife on Instagram. You can also email us at better at gmail.com. And we'll see you on the next podcast.